providing primary care services to uninsured working adults of Macon Bibb at no cost. That's the mission of Macon Volunteer Clinic. Hello, I'm Ben Sandifer. On this episode of Middle Georgia Podcast, you'll learn more about what Macon Volunteer Clinic does, who they serve, what they need, and how you can help. Nancy White is the Executive Director of Macon Volunteer Clinic. Macon Volunteer Clinic was established about 19 years ago, believe it or not. Um, A retired physician that many in our community know, Dr. Chapin Henley, had heard about a volunteer clinic in Hilton Head. And he said, why not have one in Macon? The need is great. And basically, we are a primary care medical home for adults that live in Macon, Bibb County, who are working in some capacity Um, who are between the ages of 18 and 64 and whose income is 200% or lower of the federal poverty level. And under 18, of course, they would have peach care. Over 64, they would have Medicare. So this niche are those adults who would otherwise just fall through the cracks of our health care system. If Macon Volunteer Clinic did not exist, what would be the option for the patients you serve? Their option would be to go to the local emergency room and clog it up and cause true emergencies to perhaps have to wait longer. Um, And you can't manage chronic diseases like diabetes and hypertension effectively through the emergency room. So we save our local health care system a lot of money by being a primary care medical home for these individuals on an ongoing basis. I think what makes us very unique, um, Macon Volunteer Clinic, that middle word volunteer defines us. We are powered by volunteers. We have a skeletal staff uh, to keep the basic infrastructure of a clinic going, but uh, by far and away, our healthcare providers are volunteers. They're doctors that have full-time practices. They'll come here at the end of their workday. They might be retired doctors that have extra time and they want to stay sharp and they come for our morning clinic. We have retired RNs. We have medical students that want to be around a clinic and get experience and they are administrative volunteers, medical assistants. So truly we are powered by volunteers in our community. Now, Macon Volunteer Clinic doesn't just do primary health care, but dental care, too? We do. We have a lot of um, local dentists that give of their time and skill. We have several dental chairs, dental hygiene chairs, and they will do basic dentistry, fillings, extractions. We also have a relationship with Central Georgia Technical College's Dental Hygiene School, and their students get experience and take care of our patients' dental hygiene needs also. Talk a little bit more about the need for your services and uh, how many people in Macon Bibb are qualified for these services. Well, we work through uh, the regional commission who uses Census Bureau information, and we have um, close to 18% of working adults do not have health care insurance. We estimate about 40,000 adults would qualify for our services if we can reach them. So that's a good many, and especially if you spread that over the emergency rooms and healthcare systems and out of control, chronic diseases and so on, we we make a big impact on the population that we serve. And I want to add something. Um, again, we serve those that are working in uninsured. That means we can't bill insurance. There is no revenue to be had. And we are therefore 
100% philanthropy powered. We don't get any taxpayer funding at the state or federal level. 100% of our expenses are philanthropy ones through foundations and individual giving as well. I think that more than anything says something about the Macon Bibb County community. But even being staffed by volunteers, you still have other expenses like supplies, equipment, uh, upkeep of the building and so forth, right? We do. That's how we raise money for, um, you know, equipment. You know, we raise money and we're able to purchase our building here outright. But we also have some unique um, relationships. For example, when a patient um, comes to us to qualify to be a patient who will receive services at no charge, you know, they do bring um, their tax information from the most recent filing year and so on. We keep that paperwork on file because it also qualifies them for these pharmaceutical assistance programs. It's the same criteria, basically. So these people are getting medicines free of charge. So that's one huge expense there. Then we have um, a relationship with LabCorp, a national uh, laboratory services um, corporation that does most of our uh, lab diagnostic services at no cost. Because, again, our patients qualify uh, by virtue of their income levels for this program that they have, which is, it translates into huge, um, significant contribution to what we do. Nancy, what are some of the more common conditions among the patients you see? The most prevalent condition that we treat is hypertension. And after that, it would be diabetes. Um, And then, of course, there's heart disease, which all of these three are kind of linked together. We also see thyroid conditions, asthma. We do a lot of basic health, uh, women's health every year. We um, see probably 60% of our unique patients are female. And a lot of them are head of household. They're single parent households. So when you think about what we do, Ben, we're really, it, it makes an impact, a ripple effect on the children in those households to be able to keep their single parent well and healthy. And when you talk to the patients that come to see us, you know, I'm always kind of curious, what kind of work do you do? A lot of them are perhaps child care workers, and they don't have benefits. You know, there's no insurance policy that comes along with working in a daycare. Some of them work for well-known chains or corporations that you and I are familiar with, but they don't get enough hours. For example, we have a woman that works for Walmart, but her hours fall short of qualifying for benefits. Same with Chick-fil-A. You know, they they work for these well-known companies, but by virtue of their hours, do not qualify. A lot of them are service industry, hotel housekeeping, or just private housekeeping, or keeping yards, or maybe your barber or hairdresser, or your uh, server at a restaurant. These are really hardworking people that, again, fall through the cracks of the healthcare system. What do the staff and volunteers tell you that they get out of being part of making volunteer clinics? I love being asked that question because what I really find gratifying is hearing from the doctors. When they come here, they are not under pressure to make payroll and satisfy all of these zillion regulatory criteria uh, that come through federal programs, etc. They come here and they say, now I remember why I went into medicine in the first place. It is almost unheard of in this day and time that you go to your appointment with your physician and he or she will spend 45 minutes talking to you. 
And that is a luxury that we have because we're not under a lot of these regulatory pressures. And they find it extremely satisfying. Yes, we have time pressures, but for the most, it, the quality of care is, is what they aspire to. But, you know, in within the pressure cooker system, they did not realize. And I, I also want to just maybe I'll single out a single doctor that comes to mind, Dr. Carl Lane. He's um, He comes every Wednesday and Thursday morning. He is a retired cardiovascular surgeon. And after his illustrious uh, career and he decided to retire, he wanted to remain active and, and mentally sharp. And he did continuing education, had to do some refresher so that he could come here in a primary care capacity. Um, so he's another example that he gets tremendous satisfaction in his retirement years by giving back to the community and really making a difference in building relationships with these patients. Now, without mentioning any patients by name, are there any success stories that come to mind? I can think of one example of an, a male patient that was in his 30s that worked the night shift and was trying to control his diabetes. And as you can imagine... Working a shift where you don't have a regular meal schedule and you're working nights, it became almost impossible. It was in the 300s, and he came here just wringing his hands. He knew it was, you know, very dangerous, in fact, to let your blood sugar go unchecked. He was able to get under control through the medicines um, and the testing strips and so on that we were able to provide him. Another woman who I referenced a child care worker, she was a daycare worker, and her diabetes was out of control. And she just was despairing until she learned of our clinic about what she was going to do because she wanted to be there for what she says her children. They meant so much to her. Um, rather than success stories, you know, again, we're primary care. The stories we hear are ones of being relieved of such a huge burden. These individuals would have to choose between clothing and feeding their family and getting health care because as you and I know health care is very costly in our country we sometimes don't appreciate that because we're so used to flipping our insurance card and it goes to the insurance company first and we have a modest copay which you know we can afford these people don't have that there is no way they could afford their prescription medicines or a physician visit without what we do. What we do is not free. It comes to them at no charge, at no cost to them. But again, it is not free. The contributions of these volunteers and these local philanthropists is incalculable. I will give you another example of an extremely generous individual in this community. As you know, the very infrastructure of any business, especially a clinic that relies on an electronic medical record, etc., is IT. There is a small business, an individual business owner in this community that has given us our IT services at no cost. Just about since our existence. I mean, I can't put a dollar sign on that. And without this kind of community support, our mission would not be possible. And so I speak to the difference we make in all of these neighbors of yours and mine that we are serving. And when you leave this office, you will walk through and witness many of them. But I cannot 
say enough about the testament to this community that they do this, and they've been doing it for 19 years. It's just truly amazing. It's very gratifying. What would you say is making Volunteer Clinic's biggest need at this time? We need a new building with adequate parking. We have been at the corner of Rogers and Ingleside Avenue for the duration uh, of our 19 years, and it's a wonderful uh, office in many ways. It doesn't meet our functional needs, to be truthful. It was a good starting place, and we've remained here, but parking is very much of an issue. Uh, We don't have a meeting room. We don't have adequate storage. We would like to have added exam rooms to do things like counseling, education, and so on. And so we are looking for an alternate location to move to so that we can you know, be more functional and, and, and in a better, more professional capacity meet needs. Do you need more volunteers from the medical profession? Always. We need registered nurses to volunteer here. And I will say one of our biggest needs is dentists. Dentists tend to not be open in their private practice on Fridays, so the three or so dentists locally that do volunteer their time tend to come Friday mornings. We are desperate for dentists to volunteer their time. So anybody listening, if you would please ask your dentist next time you go for your six-month visit, once a, a month would be a contribution. Some dentists say, hey, I will do two or three a month, but in my own office. And hey, we'll take that. If you would rather see them in your own office, that's fine too. So please spread the word for the need for dental care. I do want to give a shout out to Ortho Georgia. They have recently reached out to us and they want to do a limited number of pro bono surgeries for us a month. And this is very recent. And um, I believe that just this very week, we may have referred to them a rotator cuff repair surgery. And that's huge for us. And what about more patients? How would someone go about, say, referring those to you? There are so many people you know that you're probably not thinking of that would benefit from what we do. And there are probably many, many Chamber of Commerce uh, members, businesses that belong to the Chamber whose employees would qualify because they might be small, that they don't offer Uh, benefits. They might um, work with a lot of contract workers. And I would just encourage local businesses to do a little self-inventory and think, who can you refer to the Macon Volunteer Clinic? Because what we are all about is perpetuating a healthy and productive workforce, which translates into a more livable, healthy uh, community uh, for all of us. And so that's our mission. So think about who we can serve. Nancy, do you and the other staff members here go out to businesses and civic organizations to tell them about what Macon Volunteer Clinic does? We do. Uh, During the United Way campaign season, oftentimes companies want agencies to speak, and we do that. We also do it upon invitation. I spoke to the League of Women Voters in recent months. I've spoken to the Rotary, uh, two or three Rotary Clubs, in fact. I'm speaking to the Salvation Army Women Auxiliary coming up in a couple months. So anybody that would like us to come present to them, I will just accommodate you. Just give me a call. And Nancy, to sum up this conversation, what is the main thing you want listeners to this podcast to know about making Volunteer Clinic? 
What I want any listener to take away about the Macon Volunteer Clinic is that we are a jewel in this community and we are a primary care medical home for working adults who don't have health care insurance through their job and who are underserved by virtue of being at 200% or less of the federal poverty level. We want to serve you. That is our passion and our mission, and it would thrill us if you would give us a call. And I just thank all of our listeners that, that might have tuned in to one one detail or another that just might resonate with them. And you can reach Macon Volunteer Clinic by phone at 478-755-1110. Again, 478-755-1110. Learn more about the services they provide, their staff, how you can volunteer, and other ways you can help on the website, MaconVolunteerClinic.org. That's MaconVolunteerClinic.org. For Middle Georgia Podcasts, I'm Ben Sandifer. Productions.